0: Let us pray. Lord, we pray this morning that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be found acceptable in your sight for you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the most uh, common things I have heard in the last few weeks <clears throat> are questions like this. How are you feeling? Are you okay? How are you doing? I suppose those are legitimate questions, considering that I've had two outpatient surgeries in the last four months, each of which has had complications, leading to a total of 11 days in the hospital. Many of you know that about two weeks ago, I entered the hospital on a Tuesday for laparoscopic surgery to remove my gallbladder. I have those three small holes where they started the surgery. But as some of you know, complications set in where they hit an artery. And when they hit an artery, they had to bring in a vascular surgeon who just happened to be there. And I say, he didn't just happen to be there. God had him there. Well, needless to say now, they had to open me up a little bit further to take care of all that. And that's why I spent seven days in the hospital So it's probably a good question to ask. How are you doing? (laughs) How do you feel? And my voice is not much better. In addition, there's a few other questions that kind of underlie those. And the questions are more like these. Pastor, how are you handling this? How do you really feel about this? What does this mean that this has happened to you in these last four months? And to be quite honest with you, I have thought about that. I've thought about it a number of times. I've been kind of wondering, What does this mean and how am I really feeling about all of these setbacks, these physical setbacks? When I was in the hospital, as I shared with the elders, and believe it or not, the day I got out of the hospital, we had an elders meeting, but we invited them to the house because I wanted to talk to them about a few things and ask them to pick up a few things for me in these next two, three, four weeks, whatever it takes. I had told him that when I was in the hospital, I didn't really feel like reading much. Uh, My power of concentration was somewhat limited and it just kind of made me fall asleep. And so I'd often lay there and try to think of as many Bible passages or Bible stories as I could remember. I kind of started in Genesis and worked my way through the flood and, you know, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and all of those stories and through Joshua and Joseph. And I was remembering the Psalms and some of the Proverbs which we've been going through for the last eight weeks. But when I got into the book of Hebrews, you know, I was trying to think, what do I know from Hebrews? Well, I kind of knew how it began, how God in many and various ways spoke of old to his people through the prophets, but now in these last days he speaks to us through his son. But I also began to remember something else in the book of Hebrews, and that's why I had Dennis read to you some words from chapter 13, because when I, got, when I, I thought about those verses... I thought, this is how I feel. I'm going to tell you how I feel about all of this. And I I spoke to my son the other day. My son, he said, Dad, how do you feel all this? And I said, well, to be quite honest, I am content. I am content. That's the thought that came to my mind. I am content. And so this morning, I thought I would just share with you briefly uh, about why I feel this way. And in the process, hope to encourage you as well. So I want you to think about that word contentment for a moment. You know, there's something about being Americans that clashes with the very idea of contentment. The truth is, it's not just an American phenomenon, and it's not just some sort of a 21st century phenomenon. 400 years ago, Martin Luther, the patron saint, if you will, of the Lutheran church, said, next to faith, this is the highest art to be content in the calling in which God has placed you. And then he added, I have not yet learned it. It is a process to learn to be content in whatever situation you find yourself in in life. But there's something about us. Let me tell you about a few things I know. I know that we are kind of wired to always want more. If we make $100,000, if we make $50,000 a year, let's say we'd all like to make 100000 and if we all made $100,000, we would all like to make 200000 or at least we'd like to make 110000 But i can got to tell you, everyone I know who makes $100,000 a year wants to make more. I think everybody thinks that if they had just a little bit more, things would be just a little bit better. Well, that includes the people who make a whole lot more than you, the people who make a whole lot less than you, and the people who make the same amount as you. That's one thing I know. People have that sense of greed in their life. There's something else I know. I know that many people are stuck in a bad marriage. And naturally, they want their marriages somehow to get better. But you know what else I know? I know many people who have a pretty good marriage. They've got a pretty good spouse. They're married to someone who is faithful and kind and attentive and affectionate, but they're still not satisfied. Because their spouse isn't thin enough, or rich enough, or funny enough, or home enough. And so they just can't be content, even in their own marriage. That's what what the writer to the book of Hebrews was actually talking about. Those two subjects. He talks about contentment. Let me read it again. He said, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money; be satisfied with what you have. God, speaking to the writer of Hebrews, is saying, "Friends, we need to learn to practice, learn and practice contentment." The apostle Paul talks a lot about contentment too. He says in Philippians 4: verses, uh, verses 11 and 12, he said, "I have learned to be content." With whatever I have, I know, I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret, he said, of living in every situation, whether it is at a full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or little. Now, I don't know if you caught that. Paul says, I have learned the secret. Now, you might ask yourself, what was the secret that Paul learned? Well, that's why you got to keep reading in the Bible sometimes. If you go on to the very next verse, Paul tells you what the secret is. In verse 13, he said, the secret is this, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I love that. I can do everything, Paul says. That's why I think our attitude ought to be one of contentment. We ought to be able to learn to say to one another and to everybody else, folks, I can handle this. I can handle this. I don't have all the resources I want right now, but guess what? I can handle this. I do Not everything is going my way right now, but I can handle this. My marriage may be going through a rough patch right now, but I can handle this. The economy is wreaking havoc in my, on me financially, but I can handle this. I'm not as successful as I want to be, but I can handle this. As I've learned to say, my health is not near as good as it ought to be, but I can handle this. I can handle this. Why can I handle it? It's simply because Jesus Christ gives me the power to face any and every situation that comes my way. I wrote something this last week on my blog site. I said, I I feel very privileged to have been attended to by wonderful doctors and nurses. I mean, my primary surgeon is a wonderful, wonderful physician. His friend who just happened to be there because God wanted him there that day, who put together an artery again. Wonderful people. I'm so happy to be in the hands of wonderful nurses and RNs and LPNs and every other people, all kinds of people like that. But the thing that makes me feel most content and most secure and know that I can handle it is because I was always in the hands of the great physician. See, Christ gives us the power to face any and every situation that comes our way. You and I can handle any situation through Christ who gives us strength. The writer of Hebrews makes the same point as Paul does. He says, be satisfied with what you have. I thought about this this morning. What am I doing up here talking with this voice? Well, folks, this is the one I got. (laughs) I'm going to be satisfied. This is the voice God has given me to share with you a message today to encourage you to learn, to be content, to know that you can handle it. I don't know what your situation is, but you can handle it because he's promised you power to do it. He says, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. In the King James Version, it's translated this way, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And in the original Greek, I looked this up the other day just to verify it for myself. The word never in the original Greek, guess what it means? It means never. <laughs> never means never. He will never leave you. And even as he told his disciples on the day of his ascension, and be sure of this, he said, I, will, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. A number of years ago, I was at a conference. And it was uh, that a worship leader. Her name was Rita Springer. And Rita Springer said something that resonated with me. I remember writing it down, and I've probably used it in the sermon a couple of times since then, but she said that you'll never know God is all you need until you come to a place where God is all you have. Let me say that again. You'll never know God is all you need until you come to a place where God is all you have. See, because of this, we sometimes lack in our lives from time to time. But the solution is not that we need any more money. The solution is not that we need a bigger house or a a better spouse. The solution is to find contentment in Jesus Christ and in him alone. The solution is that you learn to say, I can handle anything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the same idea we get from the writer to the book of Hebrews who says, so we can say this with confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will have no fear what can mere people do to me. Well, friends, that's what it means to practice contentment. At least that's what I thought about this week. To know that God is all you need. Even when there's lack in your life. And even when things don't quite turn out. When you go in for outpatient surgery. God is still all you need. May you learn to live that and experience that and share that in Jesus' name. Amen.